0: So I'm very, very pleased to have had the opportunity to have a, a conversation with Ms. Sarah Gustafsson. Hello, Sarah. Sorry, Hello. Ms. Gustafsson, <laughs> as you should be called, um, who is our inclusion specialist and Senko uh, th- 3 to 11, so across the all the foundation schools. So a warm welcome to you. Thank you. And just to help people understand your role, how would you describe your role to the uninitiated? <laughs> I think in its sort of nutshell
1: it's just the learner at the center of the wheel simplistically is that really it's whatever it means to remove a barrier for an individual um within our absolute capabilities and anything that we can creatively imagine so it's just the learner at the center and for some people there are very specialist diagnosed needs Mm -hmm. um of which of course you can draw on uh, resources that are out there but for others it could be all sorts of interesting quirks and things that are just a moment in time in a child's development so that's so
0: which children uh are you particularly working with? Because I get the impression that you're not just working with the children who have maybe a few more barriers. You're actually working more generally, aren't you, with with staff and children?
1: Very much so, because um, a barrier can be anything. It can be um, a child who thinks in a completely different way. And actually, what we as adults in the classroom have to do is to try and tap into that thinking. Mm. That's not a weakness. No. it's it's actually about the way that they are cognitively developing. Mm. And of course, in the education system, we have to all merge at some point to achieve some. Uh, goals that are set by the big powerful world that's out there but actually about that individual and how they think that's that's so incredibly rich and varied equally for a child that um has incredible strengths in some areas and then finds it really difficult when they're not strong in all areas (laughs) so it's about your emotional development social development not all of us understand how relationships work all of the time so there's there's a a vast number of reasons and also under my remit comes um, children who might be speaking different languages at home or exposed to different languages and also just sort of monitoring and tracking how how they develop and and letting them know how rich and important their experience is and bringing it into our environment too
0: so it's a very it's, it's not a narrow no. area at all it's the <laughs> no. whole isn't it yes it's absolutely the whole and I know that your colleagues really really value support from you when they're working out how best to ensure every child in their care is actually progressing so you're working as much with the if not more so with the teachers I think than you are with the, with the children
1: I can do and I, I think it's important to know that maybe a more traditional view of inverted commas learning support was very much about this person that had all this skill set and experience that took that child and did magic things with that child in a one-to-one scenario Mm. and then plonked them back in the room and the problems were inevitably not fixed because Mm. that is not how you learn how you learn is a complex series of interactions and the people that are there every single day, all of those lessons throughout your school experience are the ones who need to understand you Mm. and that's why actually working with my colleagues me finding out from them where they see the difficulties, where do they see the strengths, where can they see the the spark in the eyes Mm. and where do they see that that child is closing in on themselves Mm. talking with the families and the parents all of us being together and ultimately talking to that child in an appropriate way finding out how to tap into their voice Um, it's just so incredibly empowering when you hear a five-year-old tell you that the bad idea started in their toes and it just popped out and they wish it would stay in their toes but that's and that's their way of communicating to you their own frustration so I think what I see myself doing most of the time is listening a lot. People wouldn't necessarily imagine that because <laughs> I do like talking too. But just trying to be um, that sort of connective around that learner. and um, But ultimately always going back to that learner. What do they think? What do they see? And how can we understand them better?
0: And I think that that has to be what education's about, isn't it? For every child. Every child has that entitlement. Um, but I, th- I think... It, 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 What's of interest to me is that you're not just talking about children in settings in this country, because you've worked in schools in other parts of the world. Talk to me about that
1: and your Um, experience there. Yeah, so I, I was raised in a household that's multicultural in that my father's Swedish, so I was... And also my parents met in Africa. So my whole childhood was filled with things. So slightly things bonkers. It was. <laughs> and, and yeah, there were some very bonkers artifacts in my house and <laughs> stories and photos. And I think that that influence in my life meant that I had a very global outlook. And I was fortunate enough to be taken away and experience mm. many things and meet many different people. And so when I had the opportunity as an adult all my qualifications um, had some good sort of solid experiences in the UK state system um, I took it I went and I worked in Italy for a year in an independent school over there was absolutely fascinating
0: was um, that as a a, a or was that
1: no that was actually as a class teacher yeah. um, I had prior to that been actually in a special needs school so it had become very intense for me mm. um, a huge amount of emotional kind of energy that was needed to work with oh, the social gosh. services yeah. and I kind of needed a break I needed mm. to step back a little bit and to be in a classroom again Mm. Um, but again it was fascinating because you see those cultural differences so clearly Um, teachers kissing children regularly (laughs) (laughs) it was quite fascinating (laughs) to me and um, and also just the children they were desperate for me to understand them desperate for me to to reach out and try and make connections with them and I so you do that they're not saying it explicitly but through their behavior through their the look of intensity in their eyes when you're talking to them about something um so there was that unfortunately they don't pay very well in Italy um so where were you in Italy we were in Geneva oh how lovely it was really lovely yeah. but mm, Ligurian coast is not is not inexpensive um, so we were going to either come back to the UK or go s- elsewhere this
0: is you you and your partner yes mm. yeah
1: he works mostly online so he's quite flexible which is mm. good uh, we went to Rio in Brazil Rio de Janeiro was it safe though? my mother had the same reaction <laughs> but
0: I'm probably old enough so to be your
1: mother <laughs> they lived in South Africa so I had to say excuse me <laughs> like, Come on now um we went we had a thoroughly um, magnificent time british school of rio de janeiro incredible place in the sense that in itself it's its own world because mm. the wealth and the money that mm. those families have which is, is part beyond. Of the problem yes yeah. and yeah. that was that was ultimately why i would never be one of those people that lived and for a longer period because mm. i want to be integrated mm. um, i did feel it was a very interesting opportunity i worked primarily with year 6 over there but from with children with many different types of backgrounds but ultimately very very privileged And I felt a lot of the time I was a counterbalance to some of the views and opinions that were held generally. um, And another sort of idea about what it meant to see the world differently. Uh, We had some fascinating discussions, my pupils and I. So I learned so much, um, a huge amount about, again, just being incredibly open minded and not having a rigid set of ideas about what's going to work. Um, but equally, when you have a year six class and you have a child with cerebral palsy in your environment and you have no learning support because ultimately the parents are paying and they want you to teach their child, you just dig in, you get on with it. When you can see there might be learning disabilities there, but ultimately because most of the assessments or tests are based for children who are english as a first language there's no way of assessing so therefore you cannot give a label or a diagnosis mm. you just have to deal with the child in front of you
0: is and that you the do their key? level best and that is a key lesson that yep. you brought from that setting isn't it because so? so. i hear you talk about that all the time to colleagues mm. just look at that child what are the needs of that child mm-hmm. and don't be trying to put a label on them which is not so not necessarily going to help
1: no and i i have to say coming back to our situation here i I do believe that there is a power to a label and it can mm. be incredibly positive. And when you have learners who all of a sudden understand that they're not stupid in okay. their mind, that they're not thick, that actually there's something in the way that their brain processes that just means they take a bit longer to get there yeah. or they have to find a different way of getting their so it's ideas how we out. we talk about
0: it though, not it? Absolutely. And yeah. it
1: comes back to that learner. Yeah. If they own that label, mm. if they're empowered by it, bring it and also oh. unfortunately in our academic system labels are sometimes a necessity to access oh. certain resources oh. but I think because of the sector that I work in, the younger years, it's really important to be again open minded um, and about when and how to, to to look for labels is a big discussion and that has to be with parents and teachers yeah. and the child at an appropriate level but
0: what you're, you're really communicating and I, I, I believe as a foundation we believe in this wholeheartedly is that Everybody, every teacher has to be a reflective practitioner. You just don't go in with these preconceptions and you've got to think about all the um, tools that are available to you, the, the sort of professional expertise of people like yourself to help you. Because I think in, when I was a teacher many years ago, uh, it was you were in the classroom, it was you up against the class and you mm-hmm. didn't talk to colleagues about what you were doing. It was quite a solitary activity actually. Um, whereas I, I don't think it's like that anymore. Well, it isn't like that anymore. It's very collaborative, and that's it's a great strength. The foundation that people are working collaboratively. But you said yourself you had to you had to get out of this. You wanted to leave the special needs school basically because of the intensity of it. I should imagine. Um, And what you're doing now has still got an intensity to it because, you know, you're dealing with the barriers all the time. So what does Sarah Gustafsson do when she just wants to have a break from that? (laughs) Um, I think that actually stillness is very
1: important. You know, we all have very busy working lives, and I see that as a parent of a young child. So, not only am I connected to the toddler timetable, but also being around families who are also busy working parents and they're juggling childcare and they're juggling all of the mm. other needs that come with that. And that actually stillness, so whether it's being in a garden, whether it's sitting and reading a book when she's gone to bed, Um, (laughs) whether it is just actually going down and hanging out at the playground, that finding moments of stillness is incredibly important. And I know there's a huge amount of discussion about mindfulness in in the world that we live in. I, I, again, don't really care what we call it, but I think as humans we do need sometimes to just have that connection to nature
0: and a sense of peace. And I think you couldn't have said a more opposite thing in saffron walden which is of course a quaker town Mm. and i think what you have said is very much in the spirit of what the quakers would say so i've really enjoyed having a chat with you today sarah and i thank you for everything you do and the difference you make to every child and every member of staff you work with so thank you very much and enjoy your stillness when it comes today (laughs) thank you very (laughs) much thank you